Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing great, yes. As uh, patrons will know, we've just got a new cat. Cat number three. Cat number three, yeah. So he's he's just arrived, so he's being slowly introduced to the to the rest of the cats. What's the likelihood of it being a catastrophe of scratching and meowing and things like that? Well, I think it might be a re- seem like a really terrible situation, which actually has a really nice happy ending. Okay, well that's good. That's yeah, good. it's good, isn't yeah. it? I'm imagining your other two cats aren't known for their scratching and biting. Absolutely not. You couldn't imagine two more relaxed cats than the the two cats we've got. Uh, It's always best to do these things slowly, but I'm pretty sure they'll be fine in time. Good, good. So what do you call a catastrophe that turns out all right? Well, I I have learned the word for this recently. It is eucatastrophe. Mm, Yeah. Is is that how you say it? You're the the resident pronunciation expert. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, eucatastrophe. So that's from the the Greek, obviously, you meaning well, and like eugenics, getting your genes done correctly, uh, and then catastrophe <laughs> is when something goes badly wrong. So kata meaning down and strophe meaning a turning, so like a downturning, but a good downturning would be a eucatastrophe. Yeah, and I believe this, it was coined relatively recently, this word. Was it? Yeah, someone had said this. I, I posted up a little thing about the inviting people to guess what the car did on our Facebook page, and mm. someone talked about the origin of the word. I must have. I should have written it down. I can't remember what it is now. Ah, okay. I'm intrigued. Yeah, it, the the Greek is sound. I would say. So yeah, listener, if you're not aware, we have a card to announce from the upcoming pack before the Black Throne. So hard to say that, and we put on Facebook the name of the card. And encourage people to guess. How were the guesses, Peter? There was lots of guesses, and people were actually around the area. No one really got it, like the effect, anywhere near the effect, really. But they sort of were on the right lines. Mm. And I think when you, it, it's a difficult one to link thematically or to think about thematically what's happening with it. Mm. Lots of people were looking, thinking along the lines of it's stopping doom being placed, or it's stopping you being defeated. Mm-hmm. cards along those lines and actually quite a few people guessed it would be a survivor card which had exile or a high xp survivor card okay so yeah people have been in roughly the right area it's interesting to hear what people think of as a catastrophe in arkham turns as well isn't it <laughs> yes it is like yeah doom or defeat or things like that yeah are they really catastrophes right well no more beating around the bush shall we read this card I think it's your turn. Uh, yeah, I, I think you did a small favour, didn't you? Mm, I did, yeah. Right, well, let's dive straight into it. This is a Survivor event. It costs two to play, and it has three experience pips. Mm-hmm. It has two wild icons. It's exciting already, isn't it? Mm. Uh, it's called Eucatastrophe. It has the Fortune and Blessed traits, and its text is Fast. Play when you reveal a chaos token that would reduce your skill value to zero during a skill test, including the tentacle token. Cancel that token and treat it as an elder sign token instead. Record scratch. No exile. (laughs) Yeah, no exile. (laughs) 
any token that would reduce your skill to zero, including the tentacle token. Exactly. And then that's immediately followed by the words, cancel that token. And, even better, treat it as an Elder Sign (laughs) token instead. Yes, so, listener, you're now rushing to your card binder to remind yourself of the Elder Sign abilities of all of the people who can take this. And the investigators who could take it as well. Bearing Mm. in mind, it does have the blessed trait. Yeah, so as a 3xp survivor card, that means it's gated to all of our main class survivors. So Wendy, Ashcan, Yorick, Calvin, Rita, Silas. And then there's two other people I think who can take it, which are Lola Hayes and Father Mateo. Yeah, and we pretty quickly zoomed in on Father Mateo as being someone who really likes this card, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So his ability as printed on his on his card is being able to turn the auto fail into an elder sign once per game and this seems to be that ability in a slightly modified fashion to allow him to do that again and there's a couple of reasons why obviously that's good for Matteo first of all avoiding the catastrophe of drawing the auto fail but then secondly, because his Elder Sign ability is one of the best, if not the best, in the game. Yeah, and I think we've, either on air or, or at some other point, we've talked to Matt and agreed that Matteo's actual ability is that he's got a really good Elder Sign ability. Mm-hmm. So you build Matteo to, to try and trigger that as much as you can. And there's some great combo decks that try and do that, using mm-hmm. like Olive McBride. Yes, yeah. And we're getting more Mystic cards that let you control that bag and, and try and draw the right, the right token at the right time. Yeah, when you have an, an Elder Sign effect that's an auto-success, it doesn't matter if the other two tokens you pull with Olive are a minus eight and a minus six. You know, whichever you pick, you still automatically succeed. Yeah. And <laughs> then you run the risk of just hitting an auto-fail and an auto-success and, and auto-fail always wins. Let's take a step back, Frank, and just think about when we can use this card. Yeah. So I'm about to take a test. Say it's a difficulty four test, and I've got uh, a, a stat of three. I draw a minus two token. That drops my stat to one. I can't use this card. Yeah. If I draw anything higher than a minus two token, so a minus three, minus four, then I can straight away, I can use this, and I will... Not necessarily automatically pass, but I will have drawn the Elder Sign token instead. Yes? Yes. Right. Yep. I'm with you. And the other thing is that the tentacle token, when you draw it, always sets your stat to zero. Yeah. So if, if I draw the tentacle token, I can always use this card to turn that tentacle into an Elder Sign instead. Yeah. So the very worst thing that could happen, drawing the, the, the tentacle token then has a happy ending. It becomes the Elder Sign token instead. Mm. So you could... There's a couple of things that spring to mind. One is that you could go into a test at evens or something like that and think, I'm not going to boost, and I'm going to hope either that I pull something that's not going to pull my stat down that much and I can play lucky, or if it does pull my stat down to zero, I play you catastrophe and get the Elder Sign instead. So that's, that's one option. Or the other option is that you do the kind of, I'd say, the classic play of you boost to four up or five up if you're playing on hard, 
so that nothing can stop you apart from the autofail. And you yeah. have Eucatastrophe sitting in hand as the response to that. So it, in, at that point, it is a kind of supercharged lucky where you're taking a particularly bad pull and turning it in your favor. It actually sits quite nicely alongside Lucky, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you could hedge your bets better if you've also got a look in your hand. Let's say you're you're on the level of the test, you know, mm-hmm. so you're not boosted above it. A minus one or a minus two, you use Lucky. Minus three, you can use this instead. Mm-hmm. So you're, you know, you're passing no matter what happens. Yeah, and, and what this also highlights as well is if you want this card to fire, the closer your skill value is to zero the more likely it is that tokens you pull from the bag are going to drop you to zero. So say you're taking tests with Rita's agility of five, it's normally quite unlikely, even if she pulls a minus four from the bag, her skill is not going down to zero. And that's before you factor in Peter Sylvester, track shoes, whatever else is boosting your skill value up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So you, you really want a catastrophe to happen for then it to turn out well with this card. Yeah, and, and what's what's curious about that is that it means the card is potentially has a has better value at a higher difficulty when the tokens in the bag are much worse. Mm. I've seen this minus eight tokens that can go in, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're playing expert. on expert. So that becomes it, it gets more currency at those higher difficulties, especially if you've got a test that there's no way you can get up to beat. Yeah. You know, with this card, those tokens in the bag become positive tokens. It's like having a sure gamble. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, one of the, the hidden benefits of the card is is all of the cards and resources you save that you haven't committed to try and pass a test. So it, it is that lucky effect where I'll be playing with someone and they have a lucky in hand but haven't said so, and they keep low-balling tests. And I'm thinking, why are you not boosting to a, <laughs> a safe, in air quotes, place to be and then then the penny drops me and I'm like ah okay they actually have a plus two in hand that they're just holding on to because they don't need to go any higher and in yes. fact they'd like the lucky to fire so they, this is uh, well, a similar exactly. situation yeah, yeah. lucky's value isn't in just playing it and succeeding at a test it's in those tests that you don't have to put resources into <laughs> in order yeah. to to be be confident of passing so you mentioned earlier I mean and you catastrophe is a similar thing there you mentioned earlier it it only matters as much as the strength of your elder sign. So obviously for Mateo, it doesn't matter if the difficulty was was 10, was 15. If you can then pull the elder sign and treat the difficulty as a zero, which is what an auto success is, you're, you're going to pass with his stat line. Are there other elder sign effects that are worth focusing on of people who can take it? Like for instance, for me, I think Yorix, which is a plus two and you get any card back from your discard pile. Yeah. What feels. you did there, Frank, was you asked me a question, then you interrupted my answer in order to give your answer. <laughs> I I want to get Yorick in, but I was hoping that you'd have others to mention. Yeah. No, you, you're absolutely right. And that idea of using it... So I think why this is a cool card to talk about is that we can approach it from several angles. We've got that pseudo-lucky effect where it can turn a fail into a success... We've also got this side of it where we can we can try to proactively trigger it in order to be able to use the Elder Sign ability mm-hmm. of our character. And actually, Survivors, uh, there's a couple of them have got, got quite tasty ones as well. In fact, I think most of them, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. like you say, Yorick, he's getting cards back from his discard, which yeah. could be another copy of Eucatastrophe. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, or, or it, it doesn't have the innate traits, so you can't like put up some cycle with True Survivor, but you could be bringing Resourceful back, something like that. Mm-hmm. Pete obviously loves being able to ready uh, Duke, so you know you can maybe look at any a, a test that's easy to fail early on in the turn to get an extra use out of Duke, or any yeah. other kind of combo with with Pete as well, of which there are on a myriad of of combos. Mm-hmm. You could even do you could do something with Ashcan and thinking like use Duke to move into a location, get a clue, then just investigate normally. He's only got an intellect of two, so the chance of being reduced to zero is pretty great. Play U catastrophe, end up readying Duke instead. Or as well, you know, it yeah. may maybe the other sign lets Pete pass. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got Duke readied again, and then you can move on again and, and do another Duke move with it or, or something. Yeah. The other one, of course, is Calvin. And Calvin's mm-hmm. Elder Sign ability is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's heal a damage or a horror or take a damage or a horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can start juggling his stats around. And obviously, especially early on in the campaign, obviously you, you might not have the three experience, but his stats are going to start at zero or pretty low until yep. he starts starts taking that damage. So this gives you that little bit of control over what Calvin does early on in the game. Yes, he's the. I think it's a plus one, his ability when it, with his elder sign when it fires. So he's one of the least likely to actually be passing the test, but he might be mitigating how much damage or horror he's taking, or how many cards he's discarding, or whatever the other penalty is for failing the test. And you get to do a little bit of toggling your damage or horror to respond to what situation you're in, I suppose. He's. He, it's funny because he feels like a very strong contender for this card because his stats are so low initially. But maybe it's a bit of a trap for him. Yeah. Insofar as his elder sign isn't going to necessarily catapult him into a really strong position. With that being said, there is a survivor investigator who I think this sits very nicely in, and that of course is Wendy Adams because she probably has the strongest elder sign effect out of the survivors, which is that when she has her amulet in play, it stops being a plus zero and starts to become an auto-succeed, which is nearly as good as Mateo's auto-succeed plus ability. So for Wendy, she has the amulet out, she can commit catastrophe for a plus two, because it has two wild icons, and then it's sitting as the top event in her discard pile, and she can also play it out of her discard pile and put it on the bottom of her deck, and yeah turn a turn a test that she's about to fail into an auto success you actually mentioned to me in chat that could mean doing something like using her combat which is one to take some kind of a combat test knowing that you're going to get your stat reduced to zero and then turning that into an auto success with yeah catastrophe, which is even using like a double or nothing in there as well yeah if you know that you're going to t- set the difficulty to zero because you're going to pull an auto success why not? Absolutely. And of course, with, with her ability, she's she can draw extra tokens as well, whether you're fishing for a worse token. <laughs> fishing for that minus six to make sure you hit zero. Yeah. yeah. Or, or it's just, you keep this in hand along with Lucky and her ability, and she just doesn't fail tests. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, whenever she, whenever she, the token turns it bad, she's like, well, I've got a way to deal with that. Mm. And yeah. Because one of the worst things to happen as Wendy is to take a test and pull auto fail and chuck a card to redraw 
and end up pulling something equally bad. Maybe a scenario that effect auto fails as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Place a doom, something like that. The fact that it ignores a scenario effect, that's pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. We've we've seen some of those be pretty nasty. You know, in in Forgotten Age, you can be poisoned if you pull the the elder thing. Yeah, yeah. And worth worth noting as well. Again, on harder difficulties, often those effects fire whether or not you succeed. Yes, exactly. So yes. being able to cancel the token in its entirety. Nope, I didn't just see that tablet. It's okay. I yeah. saw an elder sign instead. That in itself might be again a kind of hidden benefit of this card. Yeah, able to avoid. And that pulls me also back to Matteo as well, mm. who I think sometimes we see cards. And we've seen quite a few this cycle, I think. We've seen a lot of cards that struck me as being great daisy cards. Mm. I'm sure other people have thought the same about other investigators. But I really feel like this this sits well in, in Matteo. Mm. That that extra effect will often trigger when you're using a spell. So, you know, pulling a, a, a special token when you're using Rite of Seeking ends your turn. Uh, yeah, yeah. Losing any remaining actions. Uh, but not if it's an Elder Sign. Yeah. So if that special token is reducing your skill to zero... Yeah, which admittedly it might not be because he does he start with four willpower. Mm. But it maybe it does. Who knows? Maybe it's a skull. Yeah. Skull minus one for, you know, every doom in play. Or yeah, those skulls yeah. can be minus five easily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at which point it's going to end your turn and drop your skill to zero. And so then you cancel it, get an Elder Sign instead leap ahead yeah there's one other thing to remember about Matteo as well which is that he starts with five xp yeah yeah so he could be packing one of these and be well on the way to the the second one right out of the gate there's you know what Matteo is almost getting sport for choice for those these cards that that help him draw the elder sign Mm. yeah between seal of the elder sign and then this maybe olive if you're doing that fishing ability and I think Seal generally as well, you know, it's an, a little discussed aspect of Seal that if you're increasing the likelihood of hitting Tentacle, you're also increasing the likelihood of hitting Elder Sign. And yeah. Matteo loves that. I'd, I'd love to see someone put together a Matteo deck like that and, and play alongside it or, or even do it myself. Because mm. I think mm. it could be, it, it's a really interesting angle to attack the game from that I've, I've not really tried myself. Yeah, I, I wondered, I, I think I told you recently, I've, I've been playing a three-player Settle Undone campaign, Diana, Marie, and Preston. And just the way it's ended up is that we've ended up with essentially half our bag is special tokens. So we've got three skulls, two tablets, and two cultists. So it's a, it's a busy bag for tokens. And so as a result, you know, um, most mystics historically would go, God, that's really tricky you're going to be taking horror all the time from shriveling your turn's going to end from right of seeking so what we've ended up doing a little bit is leaning into that and playing off effects like hypnotic gaze and also the jewel of aureolus because we see a special symbol pretty much every turn between yeah. us as a group so we're, we're we're leveraging that but that's a different well, style even of play. like wither now as well in success yeah. yeah exactly there are other spells that are that have positive effects from special symbols I need to get but, on and make this Matteo deck then. Yeah, yeah. But that that style as well, I think, is completely at odds with the 
what we've had historically as mystics where you don't want to see those tokens really and anything you can do to limit them and seal is obviously a really good way of limiting the really nasty tokens in the bag so so they work against each other at odds with each other and maybe we'll see more as well of the lines being drawn in the sand are you a mystic who cares about those tokens because you don't want to see them or are you mystic who cares about those tokens because you do want to see them because yeah for whatever it is six cents with a or you want really big numbers in the bag to pull your skill to zero so that you can play you catastrophe yeah yeah well can i pick up something you said a bit earlier yeah of course you said it works better with your stats that aren't as high so it works along with your weakness as a character rather than alongside your strengths so yeah not it's unlikely that Rita's going to use this on, on an agility test, but Wendy might use that on a combat test. Yeah. And it, it, it got me thinking, so we haven't seen any survivor cards with more than three experience, but in other factions, we will see those higher experience cards do something, what's the word I'm looking for? Emblematic of their faction. Hmm. So, you know, Guardians have got a lightning gun. Seekers have got cryptic research. Uh, rogues have got the golden pocket watch for that one amazing turn where they do everything. Mm-hmm. What do you think this three experience card for survivors tells us about survivors? Mm. Now that's a very good question and sort of <laughs> raises the bigger question about are, th- are the three XP cards meant to be the emblematic cards for survivors? Yeah. Which would be strange. I mean, this one obviously is about turning failure into success. Yes. But... I mean, I think you hinted at it already with that idea of it's sort of leaning into your weaknesses or yeah. trying things you're not good at. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, and, and potentially offers a character who's more of an all-round character, like like a win button. Mm. And and in a way, it gives us a style of building. I mean, we've talked about it in Matteo, but almost a character who doesn't care what what token they draw from the bag. Mm. Uh, they soldier on through luck alone, despite whatever fate's throwing at them. Yeah, because you can end up as a survivor being hyper-consistent, like a Wendy, or you could actually play a different survivor style where it's all about failure as the way of leveraging your success. So then you're leaning into things like the fail-by-two, you know, look what I found, dumb luck, oops, style rabbit's foot to draw cards take heart to fail tests and at that point uh, succeeding by failure becomes almost profitable you make tests harder for yourself with drawing thin to make even more resources and things like that and what i also think is interesting is that you almost play and i haven't played them yet but i hear silas is like this you play in in a in a way that reacts to what comes out the chaos bag rather than thinking before you take the test what you're going to commit to it beforehand. Mm-hmm. So you think to yourself, right, well, you know, it would be, I'm going to, I'm going to investigate this turn. I'll investigate. You draw the token. Right. That's what it is. Let's play. Look what I found. And I've got two clues. Uh, or, or yeah. you know, something else happens. I'll, I'll try drawing the token again, see if I get the one I want. Yeah. Silas obviously is incredibly reactive because he has that ability to pull cards back to hand that other investigators would have accepted were sunk cost tests Mm -hmm. and i'm glad you mentioned silas as well in terms of view catastrophe because one of the ways that a silas game can really swing and like it will really hinge is if he pulls an elder sign 
and has nautical prowess or a quick thinking in his discard pile because at that point he gets to commit it back to the test and then it comes back to his hand so he's essentially going to commit it at least one more time if not multiple more times if he's using his ability so that's that's the sort of the weird hinge point for silas where suddenly what looks like a pretty poor position maybe your hand's empty or you're kind of struggling suddenly you're not and the the amazing thing i think about silas is how quickly that can happen how quickly it can turn and i think other survivors are similar in that it only takes a couple of lucky moments and suddenly you've sort of clawed your way on top of an encounter on top of a scenario yeah yeah i'm not sure what i'm basing that on but that feels like the case right like calvin is is the other classic example of that a couple of really bad pulls and suddenly your stats are at fours across the board yeah and you're then you're feeling pretty strong at that point and and again calvin is he sees what happens to him and then he starts to figure out how he's going to play the game hmm. I, i've no, i've only played calvin solo i haven't played calvin in groups at all so i'd appreciate someone's input who's done that who's got some experience of that but i almost feel like Calvin can mold himself into the role he needs, or or maybe even the game molds him into that mo- into that shape in the first few turns. And Calvin's like, "Well, I've taken some taken some damage now. I'll I'll join you in fighting because mm. we're taking damage. Mm. That means we've got lots of enemies." Well, interestingly, there was a discussion on the Fancy Fight Games forum. Someone had said, "Which is the the weakest investigator in the game?" You know, the kind of slightly clickbaity headline. And people were discussing it. And one of the names that came up was Calvin. And one of the arguments put forward was this idea that until he's powered up, the rest of the team have to carry him. And obviously there were a lot of terms and and factors that weren't really outlined. Were they talking solo or multiplayer? Obviously multiplayer, but were they talking two-player or a large party? I was struck thinking, and, and other people replied this way saying, but carrying Calvin is completely the wrong way to approach Calvin. Because if you're trying to carry him and protect him, he's not going to power up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, there are some arguments to be made about but how many clues can he get when he is at five intellect or how much damage can he do when he's at five combat? You know, he's still just chipping away slowly but surely, which, you know, I, I understand that. But I also thought he... He, he lives on that knife edge, doesn't he? That's where yeah, he wants to be. Yeah. So, And if you're stopping him getting to the knife edge... Why are you why are you playing with Calvin? <laughs> mm. And I, I've so many times I've seen Calvin in play where Calvin has done the kind of kamikaze play and pulled enemies away from other people or gone off to investigate a location that everyone else said, Oh, but we, we can't get we don't have time because he kinda doesn't care about taking the hits. He like behaves in a non- Arkham investigator way and that's one of his weird strengths so yeah yeah he's an he's an interesting one i i'm still not sure if you catastrophe is great for him but he he yeah just behaves so counter to what we've learned and yeah how we should, should i think that i'd certainly be curious to try it in calvin because his his elder sign has an effect that lets you control his ability and he has low stat values certainly at the beginning of a scenario slash campaign. Mm. So both of those things make me think, yeah, that's probably good in him. To an extent, it's lots of survivors have the issue of where do they spend their experience on if you're doing well in a campaign, uh, which you might be. 
uh, even if you're using Calvin. Yeah, and, and at that point, this has two wild icons. So even if you don't want to use the ability, <laughs> you can still get this for your unexpected courage and commit it to tests and you're still getting your plus two. You know, that it feels like an easy an easy upgrade at that point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the reason I asked this is, I mean, you'll remember a while ago, Frank, we wrote a series of articles about the different classes and mm. a lot of them just kind of rolled straight off the <laughs> off the top of our heads, really, in terms of what the classes can do. But when we came to Survivor, we found it really, it was really slippery. We couldn't quite nail down mm. the core Survivor themes. There was lots of bits in there. There was some recursion. There was this succeed by failing element. Mm. I remember we had lots of buzzwords, resilience, perseverance, grit plucky yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basically yeah. all cards but but it was hard to shape those into what an what what a survivor looks like mm. you know this is what a survivor is um, and i think cards like this maybe give us a bit of a a nudge in the right direction maybe what we should be looking at is investigators who can respond to events as they happen and use that to inform how they're going to play and if we look at Wendy's ability, does that? Silas's ability, does that? Calvin's ability definitely does that. Yeah, I, that was just... I, I kind of wanted to, to tease into that a little bit and see what you thought, because it's not something I have a firm answer to yet. I have maybe an adjacent thought, which is I'm remembering the message that Matt Newman sent to us for Arkham in Flames and the idea of players banding together to face down darkness to face down evil and there's a certain attitude that some players have when they play this game which is sort of saying well let's just roll with the punches you know this this game chews you up and spits you out and that's part of the fun of it i've got a friend actually who i don't think he's ever won a campaign we play very occasionally and we've had the worst luck when it comes to campaign finales so but that's what he thinks arkham is he thinks it's unbeatable you know, it's just designed to be so ghastly. But he still enjoys that. There's still the fun of, well, let's stare down evil and try our best. And and maybe, you know, in a way that is the survivor attitude, isn't it? It's it's not about trying to cheat your way through like a rogue or trying to fight your way through like a guardian. It's sort of about just facing disaster yeah, and yeah. making the best of it. And they have a lot of tools to make the best of things. Mm, yeah yeah they really do i've got a really small point to make which is that if you were to play an on your own survivor you could play you could test fifa free yeah you could but, indeed yeah <laughs> i mean unless you're playing a dark horse needing the money on your own style like in the wake of drawing thin i don't think any survivors are strapped for cash so well yeah there is that yeah. I do like the sound of an on-your-own Pete deck because Pete mm -hmm. can still use Duke even when he's on his own. Yeah. It's yeah. him and Duke against the world. And he does uh, well as a dark horse then, yeah. He, exactly, yeah. he does. He does very well as a dark horse. It's a love... He's got a... It's, he was a super solid solo investigator at that point. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think this, this doesn't fit in badly there. The problem, of course, then is he's getting a bit too competent to be able to use this card unless you're at a higher difficulty. 
Yeah, yeah, you're like fives, nearly well, fives across the board when well, you're investigating or fighting with Duke. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, the Rita it, it, problem all over again. Could be that um, you're asking Pete to do an intellect test. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Rather than Duke, who knows? Mm. I know he was. He would often. Yeah, this take is exactly so- that point. You yeah. save it for the tests that you have no chance of passing. Yeah. Yeah. Wendy goes up to do, uh, you know combat five to break into the temple whatever it is in eternal slumber yeah awesome yeah i can do that (laughs) intellect test has cropped up on a on an encounter card or or a location card something like that yeah yeah and those are the situations that you don't necessarily think about as you build your build your deck yeah you similarly there's the agility test in return to essex where if you don't pass the test twice you're done. You fall off the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you might not necessarily have planned for that as Calvin or whoever else, but suddenly you're facing down this test, and even if you pull a minus one, your stat is then a zero, or whatever it is. So you go, great, I pass. (laughs) Of course, I realised with Calvin's ability, you pull the Elder Sign, which means you get to toggle which stat you want, and if you're one below the target threshold taking that extra damage or horror could turn it into a pass. Yeah. So it is slightly less... I thought it wasn't that great for Calvin, but it actually gives a little, little measure of control at that point. So, yeah. Okay, well... It, cool. This has been really, really fun to talk about this card. Good. I think it's... I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it in play. I think I'm going to go away now and try and build a Mateo deck and send it to you in a bit. Yeah, and you listeners, think. if you want to build your... Mateo deck, there's been so many new cards in Circle Undone. I'd love to see something really keying off enjoying those special tokens. And it would be really great to see where Mateo's at. You know, I've not really revisited him since Forgotten Age. So send them to us. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Twitter and Facebook. We're also drawn to the flame on Patreon and on Design by Humans. And this might be a little bit out of date, but there's a special sale on our store at Design by Humans. So yeah, yeah. We, the flame. we start promoting those and then people know because we get yeah. notifications about it all the time. Yeah, I think it's 15% off. It might be over by the time this episode goes out. But uh, go have a look anyway. Just check in once every 48 hours and see <laughs> Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am Unitled everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on Twitter and Reddit a little bit and on the Discord. I've had a big project on recently. Uh, well, my wife has for her business, so it's been a bit fraught, but it's finished and successfully. So I'll be around more on the Discord sharing, awesome. sharing pictures of the new cat. Awesome. How about you, Frank? Very good. I'm FB on Twitter, that's E-P-H underscore B-E-E, and I'm around the places, Zooey Glass or Zozo. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. Bye.